Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, please go with me to Psalms chapter 45. I want to start a series tonight. And uh, I want to do the introduction to it. And, and I just, with what's been happening in our city, what's happening in churches, what's happening in lives. You know, I just felt we need to study the prayers of Paul. Because there's something about Paul that he prayed, his prayers impacted individuals. It impacted cities, it impacted churches, it impacted regions, it, it, it impacted nations. And how I many know we need that type of prayer going forth now? And the thing I like about Paul was, Paul was not one of the disciples that walked with Jesus, saw the miracles. He wasn't personally an eyewitness, but yet he wrote more of the New Testament than the eyewitnesses did. Because Paul walked with Jesus in prayer. And that encourages me, and I wanted to encourage you as we study this tonight, that the, the Jesus Paul knew is the Jesus we each can come to know and see our lives and see churches and, and see our lands changed by knowing the same Lord of the church the way that Paul got to know Him in the Spirit. He went in the desert for three years and he spent time with Jesus through the Spirit. And you know... Paul wrote letters, and the thing about his letters is that how many, how many know that in his epistles, you could feel the heart of Paul in the epistles? And so many of us, we have fallen in love with Apostle Paul because you could feel his heart on those pages. And the indwelling spirit that was in Paul gave him supernatural words to put down by pen and on paper. And the same indwelling spirit that spoke out of Paul to pen the words of the Spirit was also the same Spirit that gave life to those words that are still working and activated today because His Word will never pass away. And that same indwelling Spirit that inspired Paul to write the letters that he did inspired him in the prayers that he prayed that were activated and changed things. And we have that same indwelling Spirit who is able to give us revelation and give us inspiration and give us zeal and give us knowledge beyond our natural understanding so that we are able to give, uh, give way to words of the supernatural by the indwelling Spirit, the same Spirit that's within us, was also in Paul, is within each and every one of us born-again believers. And I want you to read here in Psalms 45, verse 1. Because as I was meditating upon the Holy Spirit last night, I got up a bunch of times, and she said, what you doing? I got home close to 10 last night. And I said, the Holy Spirit just keeps giving me, giving me revelation. And, and the Lord gave me this when I got home. It says here in Psalms 45, verse 1, my heart, shout out my heart. My heart is indicting or overflows a good matter. I speak of the things that I have made touching the King. My tongue, say my tongue, is the pen of a ready writer. And do you know that Paul impacted Ephesus and, and Colossians, the people in, in Colossians there, and he, he, uh, Asia Minor and Rome and all the places that he wrote to. The pen, what he wrote down by pen impacted those people. And what I want you to see over the next few weeks is that your prayers can impact people with the impact that Paul did by his letter writing because he can anoint your tongue to pray in a supernatural way that you've never prayed before, that you're going to sound poetic, you're going to sound prophetic. And it says in the book of Jeremiah that you have made my pen like that of iron. 
And I'm going to give you some revelation here out of Psalms 45, verse 1, before we get into the, some, some of the things of Paul. Because he wants you to see that your tongue and the pen that is able to write prayers, that is able to speak things in existence, that are able to pull down things, that are able to change and transform things, transform our own lives, transforms other lives, is what God is wanting to do through prayer. That instead of us being complainers before God and quenching the Holy Spirit, we are learning to come in agreement with God and pray the prayers of the Spirit. Amen. So I want you to see here that David said in Psalms 45, My tongue is the pen of a ready. Somebody say ready. Ready writer. And one of the things we're going to get to in the Scriptures here in a few minutes is in the book of Romans. Paul was one who constantly said, Be ready. Say, get ready. Be ready. In season and out of season. And he also said in the book of Romans, to be instant. To be instant. We're going to study that word in the Greek. But I want you to see here the pen of a ready writer. And I want you to write down the definition for the word writer. And this is the Strong's here. The word writer, and you will automatically think of a writer, but this is what it says in the Hebrew. He who declares, one who declares, one who reckons, one who's, who reckons. Because you think of writer, but unless you study, you don't know. Because I'm getting ready to give you a word tonight that is used 1,400 times. And, and it takes 85 English words to interpret one word. That's the power of the word of God, saints. And that word means to reckon. But write this down. It also means, and you can find this in the concordances, it means a carving tool. That what you can write something with a pencil and it can be erased. But if you get a carving tool and you start carving into wood or you start carving into a tree, how many of you know that when you carve it, it's there and, and you, you can't erase it because when it's been engrafted into a tree or a piece of wood it, or burnt, burnt into that word, it wood, it's there. Well, that's what our tongues are like. When we allow the Holy Spirit into all the Spirit of God to be on the inside of us, our tongues become an engraving tool. And that little fellow, they think he might be getting away with living that type of lifestyle now. Now, but when somebody's mama gets on board and starts praying the power of the Word of God and engraving the Word of God in that heart, in that conscience, in that mind, you can get as far. I'm not penciling in that you are the Lord's. I am engraving for me and my house. We are going to serve the Lord. We're just not writing the Word of God in your heart. We are engraving the power of the Word of God in the hearts and the minds of God's people. The engrafted word. The devil can't erase it. He can try to paint over it. But when it's been dug deep by that engrafting tool of the Holy Spirit, you can paint over it. But the words are going to still speak. I am that I am. But the word there of a writer to reckon. It's a power that cannot be reckoned with in the name of Jesus. Amen, church. He says, my heart, my heart, and I don't know if I won't get past my introduction tonight, but my heart, Jeremiah 5, 16, the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man. The heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Amplified Bible says the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man has much power available and is mighty in its doing. There's something about the heart prayer of a righteous man. And David says, 
my heart is indicting. And that word indicting means is gushing. Is gushing. Overflowing. A good matter. Say with me, my heart is overflowing with a good matter. I'm not reaching for words. I'm not trying to search, oh, I don't know how to pray. But even as Paul could write things that I have not seen nor ear has heard, and even the Apostle Peter finished Second Peter off by saying, the Apostle Paul has written things that is hard to understand. Even the Apostle Peter, who walked with Jesus, said, Paul has gotten so much that it blows my mind and it's hard for me to understand. And his last word says, we've got to grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But that word matters. Write that down. My heart overflows with a goodly matter. Write down that word matter. Because you may think, oh, that's just a word. But how many of you are ready? I thought it was for a word too, but I looked it up in the lexicon. And it says, my heart is gushing or indicting a good matter. And the word matter means a good command. A good command. Now listen, get ready because this is some definition here. I want you to write this down and you can go look it up yourself if you have any doubt of this. The word matter means command. It means promise. My heart is overflowing with commands and promises. Listen to this. The word matter means history. I'm not speaking of my past history. I'm commanding and engraving the history and the purpose of God upon that situation. The word matter is the word concern. The word matter is the word cause. Say that with me, cause. How many remember that David said that when his older brother Eliab said, I know your evil heart, you just come to watch the fight. And David turned and said, is there not a cause? He was right there already saying, my pen is a ready writer. I'm already overflowing with a command. There's a cause that I'm here. There's a cause that I'm on my knees. Don't you let the devil say, you may as well get up because God ain't hearing your prayers. You need to turn around and say, there is a cause that I'm on my knees. Why do you go to, we had over 33, 34, 35 at prayer last night on a cold night. And people say, why are you coming out on a cold night? There is a cause. There are needs of people on this side, and there's missionaries and finances and ministries on this side. And as we walk the floors and touch every seat, there is a cause in every chair, in every ministry, all throughout this land. That's why he said, you ought to, Paul preached, you ought to pray first of all for those in leadership, because there is a cause. Because if the righteous are in authority, we will dwell in peace. There is a cause. Devil, you ain't going to tell me that this can't work in the other. There is a cause that I'm on my knees. There is a cause that I'm praying. And I am going to win in my cause. Now, I want to tell you how strong that word matter is. How many of you have ever heard of the Ten Commandments? How many of you have ever heard of the Ten Commandments? How many know that word commandment is a strong word? Well, the word matter is the same word commandment. When Jesus says there's Ten Commandments... It's also this same word. There's ten matters. There's ten matters that matter. 
And he used that same word to emphasize here that your tongue is as the pen of a ready writer that overflows with a goodly matter or commandment. That's why the word matter is that word command or it's that word course or it's that word record. Because it is that when you are praying something, you are praying commandments when you're in agreement with the word of God. And it's also the word for creation that when God said, let there be light, he gave the matter into existence. He gave the commandment and the matter was formed out of nothing. And when you pray by faith, the matter that you are praying or may be formed out of nothing. But that's why faith is the evidence of things I've seen, the things hoped for. Can I hear an amen in here tonight? Glory be to God. Oh, I'm excited about this. It means declarations and statements. All this is that one word matter. And you've read it a lot of times. And you read matter and you probably thought about batter. Let's go in. Matter. Declarations and statements. Write this down. That word matter is the Hebrew word for, and the word of the Lord came. All of this is in the word matter. It's prophetic. And the word of the Lord my tongue is as the pen of a ready writer, overflowing with commandments, with declarations, but also with statements and the word of the Lord that is coming. This word matter is used more than 1,400 times in the Bible. This word matter, the Hebrew word, is used 1,400 times and there's 85 English words to try to describe this one Hebrew word where we get this word matter. I, I think in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God. That one word that we read and overlook is so deep. It says, my tongue is Indicting a good matter, I speak. Say, I speak. I speak. That means in the Hebrew, I declare. I declare. And get ready. Because you've probably heard people attack this. Oh, they're that name it, blab it group. That word, I speak, is the Hebrew word, I name. When you're praying, when you're reading the Word of God, I am naming my child saved. I am naming this marriage whole. I am naming this church united. I am naming my finances blessed. That's what this word speak means. It means to name. It means to answer. Write that down. What do I do when I pray? You answer the problem with the name. You got cancer. I'm the healed of the Lord. If you're going to die, I answer death with life. Oh, you're just depressed. I answer depression with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The pen of a ready writer. I speak. I name it. I declare it. I answer it. It also means I call it. It means to admonish. 
It means to praise. When it says, I speak, I praise. It means to, listen to this. The word speak means, I command. Write this down. I command in thought, in heart, and in voice. That one word I speak, I command in thought. See, the devil can't read my thoughts, but God does. He says, even before you speak, I'm answering you, he says in Jeremiah. Why? He reads our thoughts, and our thoughts are already commanded. He could command us in the evil area, or he could command us in the righteous way. So that word, speak, I command in thoughts and in my heart. Hallelujah. It means to be creative in character of God's Word. How many know Paul was very creative? It means to be creative in character of God's Word. Creative in character. With God's Word. Creative in character with God's Word. Oh, hallelujah. It also means, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Write that down. It says, when I speak, make declarations, when I name, I am saying, thus saith the Lord, I am the healed of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, I am strong and I am not weak. Thus saith the Lord, I am not losing my mind. You see, I'm prophesying to myself and when I'm praying for people, I'm prophesying over people in situations, into churches, into homes, and into whatever it may be. Thus saith the Lord. Now they have to choose whether they want to respond or not, but I am getting in agreement with God. And that word speak means to thus saith the Lord. And it goes on to say, I speak of the things... And that word there, I speak of the things which I have made, touching the King. I mean, our King is Jesus Christ. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we see here that what Paul's writings and prayers did for the cities, for the people and the nations, our prayers can do for individuals. Amen? And God wants to speak to us. You know, we're so blessed. Do you know that a lot of people, I was talking with Brother Chris last night, a brother that I was visiting with last night till real late. You know, we were talking last night. So many people today, you hear people talking about, if I could just, and you hear people even giving people words about, you're going to start having angelic messengers. You're going to see angels and angels are going to speak to you. And a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on angels and thank God for angels. But let me say something. When Daniel had a, when Daniel had to wait on an angel. It took the best angel of God 21 days to get to him. But when we got born again, we got the Spirit of God on the inside of us that indwells and lives on the inside of us. And it took 21 days for the angel to get to Daniel. And he had to wait and he was sick until he got the Word of the Lord through an angel. I don't have to wait for an angel. I can get an automatic answer from the indwelling Spirit that lives on the inside of me. So can you. So don't be asking, Lord, send an angel to speak to me. I don't need an angel to speak to me. Thank God for angels that are around us. Thank God for angels. But I don't need an angel to speak to me when I've got the third person of the Godhead dwelling in me bodily. Do you hear me, church? I can hear straight from God's mouth. Woo! This is the dispensation we're living in. Oh, I like that. I thought, oh, thank God for angels, but whoo, I got Holy Ghost. What do I do, Holy Spirit? Right here, this is what you do. Glory be to God. Amen. Our city, our loved ones, our church desperately needs God's anointing, His power through the Holy Spirit, inspired prayers.
prayed in us by faith. Now listen, I wrote this down. I felt this word came to me and I wrote down this prophetic word and I just want you to receive it. I'm going to declare it over you. Your prayers are going to a new level of effective working and proving true to you who pray for it. They contain power to change our, other, our lives and others. Get ready for miracles and signs as Paul saw. Expect spiritual transformations. Expect to see our world turned upside down. Expect to see those who are into the unknown God to have the true God declared to them. Expect your spiritual muscles in prayer to be more developed. How many receive that in Jesus' name? Amen! Prayers are not holes in the wall. And we don't quit praying. And we don't declare, quit declaring. And we don't stop expecting that God is faithful and just to hear us. And if we know that He hears us, then we know we have the declarations, the expectations, all the commandments and the matters and everything that we've declared, asking the Father in the name of Jesus that He is giving it to us. Now, Billy Graham wrote this down. He said this. Faith. And we need to put this in the paper. By Billy Graham. Everybody receive it from Billy Graham. Faith, more than fighting, can change the course of events today. United, believing, self-humbling, God-exalting prayer now can change the course of history. Come on, church. Prayer and not fighting. Self-humbling. God exalted would bring the anointing into the situation and fix it. Amen? What Paul felt and wrote in his letters to the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us. Look at with me in Isaiah chapter 61. I've got two minutes left. And you believe that. Isaiah 61. No, 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 no. I'm going to respect the time. Maybe. Isaiah 61, verse 1. How can I pray that way? What can I do? How can I know God can hear my prayers? Well, how many know it's not you that's going to get results, but it's the Holy Ghost in you, because it says right here, oh, excuse me, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Say that with me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit... The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I mean, that's how you're going to get the commandments, the matter, the declarations, the naming, the claiming, the receiving by the Spirit of God upon you. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim or to pray the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all, all, all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Thank God that's being broken, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Hallelujah! And they shall build. Now here's your prayer warriors. Tomorrow we start our Bible school in the area of intercession. They shall build the old wastes. And they shall raise up the former desolations. Anything that's broken, I've been preaching it for Sundays now. Anything that can be broken can be fixed. And in prayer it says, 
They shall build. Say build. They shall build the old waste. And they shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair. And this is the word God started speaking to me about what we're getting into. Repair. Say repair. Say repair. Build and repair. Build and repair. Prayer repairs. Almost named this message that. Prayer repairs the waste cities and desolations of many generations. Well, you know, this thing has been in my family for generations. Well, Isaiah 61 verse 4 answers that. That He can build and restore something even to many generations. He can restore it and He can build it. Amen. Prayer builds. Preaching builds. Praise and worship builds. Now, the word repair means to make ready. The word repair means to make ready. It means to restore. It means to renew. It means to revive. It means to set right. And it means to amend. How many know those are some strong words? Well, that's what we can do in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. And Isaiah chapter 58. We're close, so we can go to that. Isaiah 58, verse 12. It says, And they they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Look at your face. Say, if it's broken, it can be fixed. Prayer restores and rebuilds that which is broken. Well, you know, I broke their trust. We'll start praying and rebuilding. Lord, I rebuild it right now through the spirit of meekness, through the spirit of humility. Lord, I repair that trust issue with wisdom and love and meekness and temperance. I repair that fighting spirit by walking in the love of Christ Jesus and the agape. And you see, I start praying it. Even before I get there, whatever I have, the situation may be calling for, I'm repairing it already in the spirit realm by praying, praying it, speaking it forth. I'm repairing it. And, and many times... We, we, won't, we won't go there tonight, but one of the things that the Holy Spirit gave me last night, too, when he was talking about repairing, was you can go to Acts chapter 1. You can just look, write this down, Acts chapter 1, a verse, I believe it's verses uh, 7 through 11. We won't go there, but you can read it later, and, and I'll finish with this. It says that Jesus appeared unto his disciples, and he did a lot of proofs and signs and wonders to them, and they were all excited. They were seeing Jesus and everything, and Jesus took them to a certain place. And it says that he ascended. And the disciples just were standing there and they were watching. This is the uh, vision God gave me last night while I was preparing. Uh, he was ascending and the disciples were just watching Jesus ascend and watching him ascend. And they just stood there. And God had to send an angel and tell them, Hey, wake up. Why are y'all just standing there looking up? Don't you know that the same one who ascended is descended? But also, at the same time, didn't he tell you that it was good that he'd go away? Because if he'd go away, he'd send another comforter. And y'all are just standing there, just watching like like the church is doing. Oh, my God, what are we going to do about this? Oh, my God, what are we going to do about that? Oh, pastor, what am I going to do?
going to do about this? Oh, my pastor, what am I going to do that? And the angel came down and said, hey, stupid, how long are you going to look stupid? How long are you just going to be standing there looking stupid? How long are you going to be looking like a dog barking at a coon in a tree? How long are you just going to be staring up in nowhere? Oh, my God. Oh, what are we going to do? My God, where are you? Why did you leave me in this mess? What am I going to do in this mess? And the angel had to come, come on, wake up, stupid. God told you that he was going to do something better. So it says in verse 14, they went to the upper room and they started praying. Stop looking up and start praying. And what you're praying for will come in like a rushing mighty wind. Come on. We ain't lost. He didn't abandon us. We're just not wondering, what am I going to do? Oh, God, my God, where are you? Oh, He's indwelling in you. And the answer's right there. My pen is, my, my tongue is ready. I didn't get to it, but Paul, he was so awesome. What time is it? It's five after. Paul was so awesome. He said in First Thessalonians 5.17, he said to pray without ceasing. Amen? Pray how? Pray how? Pray without ceasing. And I, I, you go and read verse 18 and 19. It's awesome. But the, he talked about pray without ceasing. We, and it says in the he, he, Greek there, to pray without ceasing means to obtain, I pray to obtain the good and I stop the evil. Write that down. In the definition of praying without ceasing means I pray to, up, I obtain the good and I stop the evil. Well, Pastor, how long do I have to pray? Till you obtain the good and you stop the evil. Remember Isaiah 45, verse 1? My, pen, my tongue is as the pen of a ready writer and is filled with goodly things. I pray until I get the good and I stop the evil. It means requesting special thanks. But I know some of you are going to like this. That's why I couldn't stop right here. Do you know what the word... Pray without ceasing means is the Greek word for crouching lion. A crouching lion. He's ready to jump. Pray without ceasing. Paul was like a crouching lion, and we're like the disciples. I wonder where God went. And Paul says, "Come on." Those disciples was looking in the sky, but not me, buddy. After I ate dirt on the road of Damascus, and he anointed me with the Holy Ghost, I became a crouching lion. And whenever evil shows itself, in the name of Jesus. Whenever I feel the pain, in the name of Jesus. I'm like a crouching lion. Whether it's small or whether it's big, if it gets on my way, I'm on it like a chicken on a bug. Are you getting this? Come on, write that down. Pray without ceasing, a crouching lion. Amen. This is my introduction, so I can go five more minutes. It means to be prostrated, and it means to crawl. The word ceasing means uninterrupted. I mean, that's, that, that's about people who walk and change in this world. Amen. Now, in Romans 12, 2, Paul wrote, Be steadfast, continuing in prayer. Steadfast, continuing in prayer. In the Greek he says, live in harmony with God 
constantly speaking like Him. Instant. Constantly. In prayer. Living in harmony with God as if it's like your breath that you breathe. You can read in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it's God's formula for us to have life and joy. How many know you want to say, you know, I've got some troubles. How many know we used to sing that song, Take It to the Lord in Prayer? Well, they knew what they were talking about. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Being constant or instant in season and out of season. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And listen to the examples of Paul, and this is where I finish. Philippians 1.3 and 2 Timothy 1.3. Let me give an example of Apostle Paul. I thank my God about you upon every remembrance. He was a man always ready to pray. And listen, I believe just with this one scripture, this church can change. Every time, and and I've practiced this because I learned it from my dad, but if we could all get this way, that every time I get an image of you in my head, I thank my God for you upon every remembrance of you. Every time I see your face, you're getting prayed for. Every time I see your face during the day or at night, you're getting prayed for. And if all of us get into that type of prayer life that Paul lived, every time I see somebody, I don't have to say, hey, do you know something about so-and-so? I thought, I saw, I saw, I've dreamed about them last night. Do you know they're doing okay? Or, hey, you know what? I just keep, this person keeps coming to my mind. Do you know anything about them? You don't have to go to somebody about them because they can't change it. Paul says, every time I think about you, you're getting prayed for. If I think about you four times a day, you're getting prayed for. Can you imagine what would happen to this church if we would all practice that in season and out of season? We were like a crouching line. All I've got to do is see your face and you're getting prayed for. It says in Romans 1.9, Ephesians 1.16, 1 Thessalonians 1.2, and Philemon verse 4, I make mention of you in my prayers. Okay, Romans 1 9, Ephesians 1 16, 1 Thessalonians 1 2, and Philemon 4. Paul said, Every time I make mention of you in my prayers. Well, I tell you, church, we get to that point and we're going there. That we pray, we pray the prayers that Paul prayed. That the eyes, just that's just one prayer right there. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Then he prayed another prayer elsewhere, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He prayed prayers for unity. He prayed prayers of love. He prayed 15 prayers inspired by the Holy Spirit that we are going to learn. And so when I get in the attitude that I don't have to say, well, it's time to spend my hour in prayer. I'm constantly ready like a crouching lion that whenever I see your face or I sense a need or, or whatever it may be, I'm on it. I'm on it, Lord. I'm on it. My pen is as a ready writer. In the name of Jesus, Father, I speak blessing to that person. You know who will be in the prayer line? The new people. You know who be doing the prayer? The old people. 
Yeah. Because nobody have any needs. Because there's a harmony and a unity in the bond of prayer. You witness with this? This is the introduction. You witness with this? Do I sound crazy? I feel crazy. I feel excited. I feel renewed in my prayer life. Because I, I pray that way, but I saw through this, hey, Holy Spirit, you taught my dad and my mom, and they taught me. Now I'm going to teach to the church. Whenever you see somebody's face, don't say, oh, they must be talking about me. No. You talk about them in prayer. Let's stand up. I'm sorry I went over, but I couldn't, I couldn't quit. But it's good. Glory be to God. Once you raise your hands and thank the Lord for His spirit of prayer and supplication. As He says in Ephesians chapter 6, I praise you, Heavenly Father, that you've given me the Holy Spirit. I've accepted you as my Savior and my Lord. I thank for the Holy Spirit that is indwelling in me, the third person of the Godhead, the Trinity. You, Holy Spirit, yourself is dwelling inside of me. I praise you that I know your voice. And the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. I hear the voice of my shepherd. I hear the voice of my Lord. I hear and know the voice of my King. And He will not guide me or misguide me in any area. I submit to you my spirit, my heart, my mind, and my imaginations to be guided and led by you. Now, Father, I praise you for giving word of grace, a praying spirit. Lord, I praise you right now that, Lord, this is a revival center. And, Lord, we know that revival follows after prayer. And I praise you for our people who are giving them lives and surrendering their lives into a lifestyle of prayer. That we are humbling ourselves to seek you, to find you, to know you. That we may pray in alignment with you. And that, Father, I praise you that our prayers matter. That we are naming and we're declaring and we're giving forth commandments. And we're giving room for your word to go to work on behalf of one another. And we are learning how to pray for one another. Love one another. Stand by one another. That a three-ply cord will not be easily broken. And I praise you that because of the level of prayer in this church, that division and strife and disharmony and all judgmental spirits and all things that would try to divide churches in our city are being torn apart by the power of the Holy Ghost. Make our church a praying church. That we're not fighting flesh and blood. But we're fighting against the arch enemy, those who cannot prevail against the gates of church. I praise you for the power of the Spirit. The keys of the Spirit. The name above all names. The blood. The anointing. The oil. The fire. The wind. I praise you for your voice. And thank you, Father, that they will say of everyone here, as they did of Jesus, never have we heard People speak like that in that level of authority. Praise you. We are ready to judge and pounce upon all imaginations, strongholds, and everything that rises against the obedience of Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Spirit of the I Am, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And we give you praise and glory. In the name of Jesus and the church says, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, take your notes. Go over them. If you didn't write the notes, if you couldn't keep up, we got the tapes and CDs. But go over this and let's pray it. Let's get it done. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. We love you. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. See you Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. Sydney's teaching on dreams and visions. And then uh, don't forget school tomorrow. And then 
service at 1030. God bless you.